بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. My beloved brothers, my sisters, healing the ummah is something that is a duty upon all of us. We know from the very beginning the ummah has faced a lot of challenges. This tour, and this is the first lecture of this particular tour, is organized by Abdullah Aid, based in London. And the theme given to it is healing the ummah. The idea is to be able to speak about what is it that is required in this ummah in order for us to better not just ourselves but the ummah at large. Inna Allah la yughayru ma biqawmin hatta yughayru ma bi'anfusihim Allah will not change the condition of a nation, qawm. We are also known as a nation. The ummah is a nation. Allah says Allah will not change the condition of a nation unless and until every single one of the members of that nation take it upon themselves to change themselves. And obviously I want to see solution to all the issues that the ummah is facing across the globe. Some of these things are known to us and some of them are not known to us. What's happening to us in Africa, for example, or in some of the corners of the third world countries, you might not even be aware of the challenges. And from sometimes because of social media, we are made aware of challenges we didn't even know existed. The question is, what are you going to do about it? The first thing is, whether you like it or not, because I see many people get excited. Oh, this is happening. They are burning the Quran. They are doing this. And they start jumping and screaming and yelling and shouting. But Salatul Fajr, they are not there. Salatul Dhuhr, they are not there. The last time they have read the Quran was last Ramadan. And that too was just two, three pages before they gave up. They've never engaged in adhkar. They're not interested in anything to do with religion. But mashallah, tabarakallah, subhanallah. The fact that someone did that should create an awakening within you to become a better Muslim. I loved the response of one of the countries where they said, we undertake that for every Quran that is burnt, we will print 100,000 new Qurans. So if people see this, what would happen? They would stop burning the Quran because let me explain something about the burning of the Quran. Why would you burn a book? Why would you burn a book? If you were able to refute it, you had no need to, to burn it. If there was one issue that you could raise to negate something in it, you wouldn't be that frustrated. You would be excited. I found something. You can only choose to burn a book when there is nothing wrong in the book and you are so frustrated and so upset that there's, there's nothing that you can do about it. So when you can do nothing intellectual, nothing academic, you've got no objection as such in terms of something that you can pick on, then what do you do? You're left with a frustration. Those who perhaps hate on it might then choose to burn a book. Isn't that a sign that the Quran is indeed the book? Inna وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ 
Allah says, we have revealed this Quran and we are the ones who will protect it to the degree that anyone who takes it upon themselves to learn it off by heart and put it in the hearts, we will protect that person also. Would you like the protection of Allah? If the answer is yes, memorize the Quran. Because Allah promises you he will protect the Quran. And if it's in your heart, it needs to be protected. It will be protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you would like to solve that matter, become a better Muslim. When I said this in the past, someone told me, that's not the proper answer we were looking for. We want to do something. I said, you, you know what? The simplest ibadah is just to move your blanket off at, at the right time and you can't do that. And where are you screaming and shouting about so much more? Yes, I do know we are all emotional. We get emotional. We are hurt. It's natural to be hurt. It brings pain to us. But what service have you served the same Quran? Good question. Very good question. How often do you read it? Do you know its meaning? Do you practice upon it? Subhanallah, we are hurt. Allah allows that to happen so that we can become better Muslims. Every time they try to do something blasphemous against the ummah, trust me, the numbers of the ummah have increased in their thousands, if not tens of thousands. May Allah Almighty protect us too. The ummah is bleeding in so many places. There are people who are homeless. There are people who don't have the means for the next meal. There are people who don't have the clothing. There are people who don't have houses. There are people who don't know where they are going to sleep tonight. There are people running for their lives because of war zones created by man. There are people running away from disaster that perhaps we would term natural disaster. But Allah knows best. I tell you, if Allah wanted, he did not need that to happen. But Allah wanted to test the rest of us. What are you going to do about this? That's a person in need coming in front of you who asks you for something. Today, mashallah, we have Abdullah aid. If someone comes to you asking you for something, and this is a very interesting point, they are called a sa'il. Sa'il means a person asking. In our language, we call it a beggar. A beggar, a beggar comes to you and they are putting their hand, please give me. I don't know how it happens here, but in my country at every traffic light, they beg. What does Allah say about that in Surah Al-Duha, which is a surah revealed in the early days of Islam? Do you know what Allah says? He speaks about a sa'il. And we read the surah. Don't we know it off by heart? Allah Almighty says something amazing. Allah did not say, give him. No, we can provide for him. If we put it in your heart to give, it was actually us who accepted your money to come in this cause. It was not you. We don't need this money. We always tell people about Salatul Tahajjud. And I repeat it again today. Salatul Tahajjud is one prayer that is by invite only. You're not invited, you won't do it. So don't think that subhanallah, you know what I'm going to do. You're not going to. You are going to be invited if Allah loves you. So you will get up and you will fulfill it. Thank, your, thank Allah that Allah gave you the power and Allah invited you. The same applies to wealth. When there is a good cause, if Allah invites you to spend here, what does he do? He puts it in your heart to spend in that particular cause. Because in the Quran, Allah does not say, give the one who asks. Allah says, do not rebuke the one who asks. Don't belittle him, don't swear him, don't mock him, don't joke about him, 
don't rebuke him. You want to give or not to give, that's a separate issue. Because Allah says we provide. You give or you don't give. We are still going to provide for that man. Anything that moves on earth, Allah says it is upon us. We take it upon ourselves to provide for that particular thing that is moving no matter how big or small it is on earth. Allah provides for creatures that you don't see with the naked eye. Forget about the ant. Allah provides for the whales and the blue whale. Allah provides for those whom we've never met. Allah provides for those whom we will never see. Allah provides for every animal, every bird, every fish, every insect, everything. Allah provides. And you, oh man, are worried about Allah providing for you or for another human being? Wallahu faddala ba'dakum ala Allah says, we have favored some above others in sustenance. It's a test from Allah. You have, how much do you need? If I ask a young boy, what do you need? What's a good salary? What would you say? Can someone say a good salary? How much per month? What's a good salary? Come tell me. Yes. How many thousand is a good salary? 50,000. 50,000 or 5,000? Oh, 50 was a bit, uh, mashallah. But... Say 50,000, mashallah. 50, mashallah. He said it. May Allah give us more than 50. You see the ameen, how loud it is. When, when it's about money and wealth and these things, ameen, ameen. The minute you say, oh Allah, get us up for fajr, ameen. <laughs> may Allah strengthen us more for fajr. Wallahi al-azim, my beloved brothers, my sisters. I think someone is telling me if we can push forward a little bit. There are quite a few people outside who are trying to get in. So let's try and come a little bit forward without disturbing much. So I was saying... As we have, Allah knows this. That's why the hadith of the Prophet says, You want the whole world and whatever is in it and better than that? Just the two units of sunnah of fajr is better than everything. Better than everything. You get up, mashallah, you have everything in the world. But let's go back to the salary. So say, for example, the brother says 50,000 a month, uh, you know, I will be happy. Remember, we're talking about British pounds. You know, we're not talking about the rupee or the Zimbabwe dollar. So, yes, if Allah gives you 100,000 pounds a month, what are you going to do with the extra 50? Can I tell you? Many people become miserly. And they want to hold on to it. I'm going to buy another house and another house. And I will do investment here and there. And I want another business and a third one and a fourth one. And before you know it, I've earned a million. My first million, I clocked it. Wow, subhanallah. How long are you going to use that for? You spend it on yourself, your family, mashallah. I'm not saying it's haram, it's good. But what did you do to build your akhirah? Allah says, when you spend it on someone else, you are building your akhirah. When you spend it on someone else, you are building your akhirah. Allah gave you more than you want. And that's why if someone says, Oh Allah, help me so that I can purchase the house. Allah helped you, you got the house. Now what? Oh Allah, help me, I can buy another house. You got another house. Okay, now what? Oh Allah, help me, I need a, I need a car. I need a better car. I need another car, a third car. Wallahi, we have two, three cars and two, three this and two, three that. We have so many pairs of clothing. We have so much more. Allah says that 
it is not the amount that you give that counts. It is more the taqwa in the heart that counts. Even now, we just completed Eid al-Adha, right? Eid al-Adha is such that people enjoy the meat and mashallah, they enjoy the food and so on. But Allah says, Allah says, the blood and the meat is not what is going to get to Allah. The taqwa, the God consciousness, did you improve yourself? Did you put a knife to your bad habits? That is what counts. What's the point of sacrificing so many animals, but you haven't even got up for Salatul Fajr, Wallahi. Or you are cheating, deceiving, conniving. You have not left your bad habits. You are hooked onto things that are displeasing unto Allah. It's more important to put a knife upon those things, meaning give up those habits. So when you have, Allah Almighty is watching you. How much are you going to give? And that's why Islam is the only religion on earth where it is a pillar of faith. We have five pillars, right? One of the pillars is that if Allah's given you, you have to give others who don't have what you have. It's a pillar. You're not a Muslim if you think I can enjoy things myself. No ways. Allah says, look for those who don't have what you have and give them. What is it called? The pillar of Islam? Zakat, we all know it. May Allah make us from those who give beyond zakat. Zakat belongs to Allah, not to you. It belongs to Allah. It's a pillar. You owe it to Allah. The farad salah you owe to Allah, but you can continue becoming closer to Allah with your sunnah and your nafil. All that is mashallah extra. It is yours. It is between you and Allah. Enjoy it. How much sunnah are you going to do? How much nafil are you going to do? The same applies to zakat. The two and a half belongs to Allah. But are you not going to give another two and a half, another five? So in total, I'm going to give seven and a half. I'm going to give another 10. Is it not something that you want to do? Sadaqat. At the time of Rasulullah he used to ask people to free the slaves in order to free the human beings who were enslaved. He says, if you commit a sin in order to be forgiven from it, free a slave first if you have one. In that way, the slaves were all freed one by one, one by one. What was that considered at the time pre-Islam? It's wealth, it's wealth. That's what it was considered. To give it up is difficult. Today, subhanallah, what do we have? We have an opportunity always around us to benefit those who are struggling. There are people around the globe who are struggling in so many ways. Firstly, make dua to Allah to guide you to the correct causes because some of the causes are fraudulent. You know, fraud happens all over. It happened from the beginning right to the end and it will continue to happen. So ask Allah to use your wealth in a good cause, something beautiful. The other day, someone asked me a question about an imam in the masjid who was involved in major issues, major issues. And they said, you know, I'm not comfortable. This particular person, he drinks and he does this. How can I said, are you sure? Are you sure? If that is the case, you can raise the issue with the people who are running the masjid and tell them that you will not get musallis if you, if you are unaware of this. Please do something about it. I need to feel comfortable behind the imam who's going to lead me. 
right? I need to feel comfortable, at least reasonably comfortable. They don't have to be spotless because all of us make mistakes. But at the same time, if the man is openly involved in something that is absolutely unacceptable, it's, I'm, I'm justified in saying, you know what, I prefer just going to the masjid next door. But do you realize that when it comes to zakah and giving, we would love to give our wealth to a cause where the people who are the beneficiaries are going to be fulfilling salah, going to be reading Quran, going to be doing good things rather than I gave my zakat somewhere that guy used it to gamble. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. What was the point? He used it to gamble. He used or they used it in order to do something totally wrong to drink alcohol and consume it. But that was zakat we gave. So it's very tricky. You ask Allah, Oh Allah, this is hard earned. You know that I've earned it through halal means guide me to be able to give it in a good way in a cause where I can benefit more than just the wealth itself. May Allah Almighty accept it from us. But to change what is going on in the Ummah, it starts off by changing ourselves. And the duty continues. That's not the only duty. Each one of us has a different capacity. Some of us, we have a smaller capacity. Some might be politicians from amongst us. Some might be people who have great clout and so on. Each one has to do whatever they are able to do in order to assist those who are struggling and suffering to help them heal based on his or her capability and capacity. Like I said earlier, when it comes to wealth, someone might give a hundred thousand. Mashallah, good. Someone else might give a hundred and someone else might give five pounds. If the person's capacity was only 10 pounds. That's what they were worth because he was a young man who only had 10 pounds in his pocket. He gave you 50% of what he was worth. Big percentage, mashallah. Allah Almighty tells us, do not scoff at those who give a small amount. There might be the barakah and the blessing in that one pound. Don't laugh at a person. Take it. And the one who might have given a hundred thousand might be having a billion, for example. He did a very good deed, but percentage wise, the other guy did more than him. The five pounder did more than him. Because why? This man, this was loose change for him. You know, when you have a bank account, all of us, myself included, when you have money, when you're young, you count every cent, every penny, and you make sure, hey, I got 121. Agreed. 1 pound 21p. You, that's how you count. You grow a little bit older, you count the pounds. I got five pounds. The, 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 the p's stop meaning much, right? You grow a little bit older, you say, I got a, I got a few hundred, right? Because it becomes, you start looking at the figure and you ignore the last two, but you look at the third digit because I'm a bit richer, wealthier. Wallahi, this is a fact. When you grow bigger, you look at the third one. As you grow older, you look at the fourth one, the fifth one. Ask yourself, which one do I really look at now? I promise you, when you get to the million, you will probably be looking at that first one and two figures, 1.2. You know, you forget about the others. It's okay. It's just a float. That's what it is. It's a fact. That's how people work and operate. But it's Allah watching you to say, you know what? As you grow older, the change can make a change. The change can make a change because your change becomes bigger and bigger. When you tip someone, it should be bigger and bigger. Subhanallah, unfortunately, the people who have more many times become more miserly. They are the ones who hold back much more. Why? Because Allah says, Zuyina lil nasi hubbu shahawati minan nisa'i wal banin wal qanatiri al muqantara.
certain things are beautified for man. Allah says, what is beautified? And this is in order for us to be able to worship Allah through controlling ourselves. It doesn't mean just because I'm a person who perhaps is attracted to things Allah's made me attracted to, that I can just do whatever I want. No. Allah says people love wealth. People love the opposite sex. People love what? People love so many things. They love their conveyance. You love your home. Conveyance is your car, mashallah. Your car, you, which vehicle do you have? And they say, oh, I've got my, my this. And they'll give you a lovely name. I spent on it. You know, I got, I got a loan for my car. I'm not talking about the loans that make you moan, but I'm talking about the general halal loans. May Allah grant us ease. But my brothers and sisters, as you are proud about these things, remember something. Spend in the cause of Allah. You have a vehicle that's going to take you from A to B. What about that which is going to take you to Jannah? All you have to do is look for those who don't have and empower them a little bit. A little bit. May Allah Almighty help us heal. So today, we know many people have struggled because of a virus that bothered all of us. It bothered all of us. Many of us lost loved ones. And many of us ourselves, our health is never the same, that it, meaning how it was before. And mashallah, the bulk of us, mashallah, have survived it. And we thank Allah about it. But I tell you one thing, part of gratitude to Allah is to use your health before it is taken away from Allah. And one of the ways of being increased in good health is to help those who are unhealthy. Because when you help someone, Allah helps you. Allah says he will continue to help a worshiper for as long as that worshiper is busy helping another. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Are you busy helping another? If the answer is yes, well, know that the help of Allah is with you. We always tell people, you have a problem. Yes, help others with the same problem and see what happens. You realize yours is small. This guy's a big problem. I'm, I'm, I'm depressed because of this small issue. And those guys are saying, MashaAllah, and they have a massive issue, far bigger than mine. It encourages you. It's Allah. It heals you. Because you realize, you know what? My issue is minor. Subhanallah. We don't need to travel the world as much as we would have had to before technology advanced. Today, you can sit in your own home and you know what's going on. You can see if one pound can make a difference, let it be. That might be the tipper of your Jannah. What is the meaning of a tipper? Allah says, on that day, Allah says, we are, going to, we are going to mount the scales of justice. And Allah says, we will, not, we will not wrong anyone. Even a mustard seed's weight worth of a deed is going to be brought onto the scale. So what happens? Allah's mercy says, my beloved brothers, my sisters, Islam is based on mercy. Allah's mercy dictates something amazing. Allah says, we will weigh your deeds. If you have more good deeds than bad, we will ignore the bad and let you go to Jannah. Did you hear that? You read Surah Al-Qari'ah. You know, the heavy scale, the light scale, your good deeds lighter or heavier? Your bad deeds lighter or heavier? Your bad deeds need to be less than your good deeds and you will go to Jannah. 
Imagine Allah says, I'm prepared to ignore for as long as you did more good than bad. How is that? Here is Allah Almighty telling us. The hadith says, Atbi'is sayyi'ata If you follow the bad deed with a good deed, it will wipe it out. How? On the scale. On the scale. Allah says the, the, the good deeds will automatically eclipse the bad. So imagine I'm on here on the day of judgment and my deeds are being weighed and I'm standing. Now you don't know the weight of every deed. You need to learn about it. To backbite about someone is very heavy on a scale. One day one of the wives of the Prophet sallallahu passed a comment about the other that she was short. And the Prophet says, Wallahi, if that was put in a droplet form of ink, it would change the color of the ocean. Short, today we say short and tall is nothing, man. Fat and thin and whatever. If you're speaking behind a person in a derogatory way, you pay a price. It's heavy. The scales, you don't know how heavy it's going to be. You did your Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, but you back, were backbiting, deceiving, cheating, slandering, and, and whatever else you might have been doing. Those are bad deeds, so heavy on the scale that on that day your Salah goes to that man, your Zakah goes to this person, your Hajj goes to that one, your other deed goes to this one. Why would we do that? So Allah says, do a lot of good deeds, a lot of good deeds. Imagine I'm standing on the day of Qiyamah and my deeds are being weighed, and I'm looking at my scales. And in order to tip it this way, I just needed a sadaqah of one pound. Can it happen? Can happen. Can happen. In order to tip it this way, it's just I'm watching and I'm like holding my breath. I'm imagining obviously, but we know there's going to be scales. Holding my breath and then suddenly the one pound just clinkles into them. Boom, it's down. And you say, Allahu Akbar, whatever it might be. And you're going to Jannah. Because on that day, when your good deeds are more than your bad, you get your book of deeds in your right hand. The minute it's coming to you in the right hand, you already know I'm going to Jannah. Subhanallah. Allah says the one who's going to get the book in the right hand will be screaming. Hey, check my book. I got it. Subhanallah. I got it. What was it? Something tipped the scale. Some secret between you and Allah. When we commit sin, we do it privately. No one must watch. No one must see, right? When we do good deeds, keep some of them private too. Not everyone needs to know what you did. The guy going for sujood with his phone. Look, I'm doing sujood. <laughs> and he comes back up. Subhanallah. But your phone is in one hand. Subhanallah. That might be a bit of a ridiculous example, but people do this. Now, sometimes I know I've been out a lot of places helping people and assisting them. Many countries in the world. It's very tricky because on one hand, you don't want to show the deed. But on the other hand, there are people who gave you an amana. You need to prove to them in this world of deception. In this world of thuggery and robbery and deception that look we did do the deed so very respectfully if you were to capture something in order to show the people who entrusted you with that amana that listen we've done this deed it was executed on this day here is the evidence then there is nothing wrong in fact it's a good thing because you give them the opportunity to give more they feel like this was done let me do more now 
We did a masjid, here are the pictures. We did the sadaqat, we did this, we did that, here are the Very respectfully, very respectfully. The only reason is we're living in an age of deception. I know of people who may tell you something with a straight face that's not accurate. We need to do what is known as authentication. When you hear things about others, when you see things, authenticate it first. Don't just jump. We're also living in an age of deception. You see a video, you see a clip, you see something. It could be totally doctored. It could be on another topic altogether. It could be about something, someone else. It could be whatever. Just verify it a little bit. It won't take you too long. Don't be too fast to jump to a, a conclusion there. May Allah Almighty strengthen us. So as we speak, there are people struggling with their health still. Would you like good health? Well, help them. I give you an example. Just an example, by way of example, because we're an ummah. You have the liberty to give your charities wherever you feel comfortable. Wherever Allah has put in my heart, I want to give it here. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's your liberty. Because Allah puts in different hearts, different things. And that's a good thing. Not everyone thinks the same. If we all had to, then we would leave out so many people. There are people right now requiring dialysis. And they can't afford it. You and I know you have a kidney stone. How does it feel? Subhanallah. You either know of someone who's had it or you know the symptoms or you might have had it. May Allah grant cure to all those who are struggling with any health problems. So for people to share the concern and put up some of these dialysis machines in an area where the poor do not have access to it. Wallahi, it's a big thing. And imagine your name next to that. Your name next to that. So these are some of the causes. If you know of, do something. Even if it means a pound, two pounds. You know, when there was a masjid being built in one of the areas, I told the brothers, I said, you see, Allah says, Man bana lillahi masjidan, bana lahu fil jannah. Whoever builds a house for Allah, Allah builds for them a house in Jannah, in paradise. I might not have the money to build a whole house. Guess what? Guess what? Subhanallah. Even if I contributed towards it, I still have my own house in Jannah. I put one or two bricks. You reckon Allah is going to take a brick or two and just give it to you in, in the Akhirah? No ways. Allah is the most generous. The most generous. Allah is the owner. For as long as there was sincerity and this is what I can manage, let me give it to this cause. I can't really do the whole thing, but at least I'll contribute towards it. Your name is in that building. You are in it already. You are a part of it. May Allah Almighty strengthen us. That's why when we use a masjid like today, mashallah, the masjid is full. Someone's paid for your electricity. You didn't pay. If you made wudu, someone paid for your water. You didn't pay. Why should I allow someone to pay for me to come into the house of Allah to do salah? I'm going to put five pounds in that box before I leave today. Because why? I must pay for my own things here. I want to pay for my electricity, my slot. I use someone's going to clean here. Their salary is paid. I was the beneficiary. I'm not a poor man. I might not be a rich man, but Alhamdulillah, we're okay. My salah, which is my pillar, my connection with Allah, I'm going to pay for the use of the facility. That's how the masjid becomes better and better. Ask the people in the masajid, they'll tell you hardly anyone donates. I think in this country, every Friday, the people give generously. So that's a good thing. But in some countries, in some places, they don't give. Are you not embarrassed that someone else had to pay for you to do salah here? 
It's an embarrassment, honestly. Some of the wealthy ones, they don't give. They say, no, no, I'm not going to give. Masjid has a lot of money. Well, it's not your money. That's the thing. The people whose money it is have succeeded because when they spent in order for you to come to the masjid, they got a full reward of your salah as well. They got a full reward. Why does the hadith say, The most conspicuous people on the day of judgment are the mu'adhins. They will have the, 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 the longest necks. That means people will see them from far. Hey, there's a mu'adhin. Mu'adhin, another mu'adhin. You know why? The mu'adhin calls the call for prayer, for success. Anyone who comes to the masjid, the mu'adhin gets a full reward. There were a thousand people. That guy's got 1,001 salah rewards because he was the one and the other thousand, all his. That's why the hadith says, لَوْ يَعْلَمُ النَّاسُ مَا فِي النِّدَاءِ وَالصَّفِّ الْأَوَّلِ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَجِدُوا إِلَّا أَنْ يَسْتَهِمُ عَلَيْهِ لَسْتَهَمُ If people knew the value of the first saf and the value of the call to prayer, if they found no other way of doing it except by drawing lots, they would have drawn the lots. You know what? Let me call. No, let me call. No, let me call. Like this. So we ask Allah Almighty to help us, to guide us, to open our doors, to grant us the success of this world and the next. My brothers and sisters, I want to mention a few pointers before I close. The first point, let us become better Muslims so that the rest of the ummah can also enjoy the fruits of the fact that we became better Muslims. Become, you know what Islam is, we are Muslimin. You know the pillars. You know what is required of you. You know the do's and don'ts. You know what you are doing that you're not supposed to be doing. Cut it. Cut it today. What are you waiting for? Who, who must come here to tell you? Then you'll change. Change today. We're in the house of Allah. You know what you are not doing that you're supposed to be doing. Be strong and start it off today. Why not? The ummah will benefit from the fruits of the betterment of the entire ummah. Another very interesting point. Cleanse your heart. Learn to love one another. We will always have differences in the ummah. Allah created us that way. The brothers don't see eye to eye. That's normal. Allah created you that way. But the one with the bigger heart, the one who understands, those who try to solve and resolve, those who try to talk, those who try their best, given their capacity, are the ones who are the winners. We have too much of hate in the ummah. Too much of hate. I remember going to a masjid where someone said, you know what, can you please walk out of this masjid? I said, why? He says, you are going to Jahannam. I said, I just want to read my asr. No, walk out. I said, subhanallah, I will, this is, is this the house of Allah? You should be inviting even those who are non-Muslim to at least listen to something about, about Allah. Anyway, the, after a few minutes of discussion, the brother felt embarrassed and apologized. I told him, I said, my brother, Jannah, according to you, is going to be empty, my brother. Totally empty. <laughs> You know why? There's no one there. Everyone's actually out of the fold. Don't do that. Don't do that to the ummah. Do not reduce the numbers of the ummah. Don't. Don't. People are weak. No, nobody is perfect. You have a difference. You may want to discuss it. You may, if it is within the scope of what Islam teaches, there is some form of evidence to put. Leave it. It's okay. Let the people follow that hadith, not this one. Let the people follow this and not that. For as long as there is a scope, alhamdulillah, when there is no scope, discuss it in a beautiful way that will solve the problem or at least hold it where it is, but not make it worse. We don't need that much of hate in this ummah. Amongst us, do you feel the love between us today? If you don't, please do something about it because I love you for the sake of Allah. With the difference, it's okay. Sometimes we 
have this hate such that we as an ummah are our own worst enemies. You don't need a third party to come and break you when you're broken already from within. When Allah says, لَا خَيْرَ فِي كَثِيرٍ مِّن نَجَوَاهُمْ إِلَّا مَنْ أَمَرَ بِصَدَقَةٍ أَوْ مَعْرُوفٍ أَوْ إِصْلَاحٍ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ He is praising three categories of people and he says there's no goodness in their private meetings unless someone is ordering goodness and joining a charity, telling people to give out charities or solving matters between the people, creating love, creating a bond, creating an understanding. That's what we need in the ummah. I remember once speaking to a group of people and we were talking about helping people in a certain country. And one young man came to me later and said, you know, my father said, don't help them because they belong to a different sect of Islam. And I said, my brother, tell your father, you should even be helping non-Muslims who are in need. Allah taught us to help dogs and cats also. Subhanallah. You see what I'm saying? It's not don't help. You may want to prioritize by giving your family and relatives and then letting the circle grow larger and larger. But if you're going to take an interview of every single person before you are going to assist the person to the degree that small issues will say, no, don't give this guy. In that case, the day you are in need, you also will not get. And the tables turn. I give you one true story. Kuwait is a very, very wealthy nation. Before they saw oil, people used to go out and work in different countries. One man went to India. He found a job there and he was working there, Kuwaiti. And when the country saw oil, the leaders called their people back to say, come, you know what? We have discovered oil and mashallah, the country is very wealthy and we're going to give everyone and a lot and so on. So this man came back. And this is a true story mentioned by one of the scholars in Kuwait. He says the man came back from India. He was working there. And when he had his own business now and it grew and started flourishing, he called over the son of the man whom he was working for. He called him over from India and said, come work for us. And then he told his own son, that, listen son, I want you to go out of your way to be kind and nice to this particular boy. And I want you to make his stay as comfortable as possible. And he used to tell him every other day, how is the boy? How are you treating him? What's going on? So one day the son asks the father, why are you so bothered about this particular boy? He says, son, let me tell you. When I worked with his father, they treated me so badly that a day came when their son needed to come and work by us. I don't want you to treat him in such a way that a day will come when your children will have to go and work for his children. Treat him well. Treat him with respect. Today, we have people working for us. Number one, Muslims. I'm talking of Muslims. Sorry, because and as a Muslim, I believe that I have the right to encourage Muslims to do the right thing. Don't many Muslims underpay? See, I, wallahi, in this crowd, I saw so many doing this. That means we have a problem. Wherever I've been, they've done the same. Don't Muslims delay payments? You work for a Muslim, you can forget about the word promotion. It doesn't come. You can forget about the word increment. Perhaps it might come. 
They will consider you whether they're paying on the 30th or the 1st or the 3rd or the 7th or the 10th, maybe. Mike, work for someone who's not a Muslim. 29th, your salary's in. After four months, you can calculate that you're going to get an increment. After a year or two, you can know that you're going to get a promotion. Go for work for a Muslim. That is why the Ummah is suffering today. We have qualities that even the non-Muslims don't have. In a negative way. And we are supposed to be having qualities that far outshine the others. Increase the man's wage. Increase his salary a little bit. Allah has given you, give him. Subhanallah, in this way, what will happen? There'll be mahabba, there'll be love. People will want to work for Muslims. Is that really the case? It's not the case. Another thing has come to my mind. Amazing story. And, and I'll say it with names because it's, it's true. You can actually check it out. The emirate of Sharjah, the ruler there, he decided, you know, all the imams of the masjids, and all the muaddins were going to increase their salary to a professional worker and give each one of them a house with five bedrooms and a motor vehicle. And we will take care of the needs of their children and their hospital bills and the list goes on. Go and check it. You can verify this news on the internet. You can hear him say it. Why? He said, Wallahi, these people are teaching our children. They are in the masjid. When the man says, Allahu Akbar, he should not be worried about how am I going to feed my son. Now I'm not telling you what to do. But I'm sure you got the message. With the way we treat our scholars, wallahi, it's, it's very difficult. Very difficult. Sometimes people say, I don't want to be a scholar. Because you know how they are treated. You know what happens. You know, what future do you have? They say, you know what? One thing I do know definitely is... From among the suicide rate that happens, and may Allah protect all of us. I don't know of a scholar who's committed suicide. The contentment that is there is something beyond imagination. You might have a house things, it's alhamdulillah. It's a proper answer, right? You ask the, the, the teacher or the imam or the sheikh, how many children do you have? By right, most probably, he, generally, the average is more than those who have more money, right? Generally, they'll say 10, talk about myself, 10 with a few grandchildren. How's things? Alhamdulillah. People probably think you're a multi-billionaire by now. They don't know the struggles. Why? Because it's between you and Allah. It's okay. We have no struggles. Why? Allah takes care. The figure doesn't matter. Allah says we'll give you contentment. Allah Almighty has guaranteed your sustenance. Not the luxuries, but the basics. The luxuries are a bonus. Bonus from Allah. So if you say, I'm struggling, but you've got a decent salary, it's because you want to live a standard beyond yours. Come down again. You don't have to go and eat all the time at places where, you know, you don't even have to eat out, by the way. You can eat at home. Cost you, it'll cost you much less. A man who fills his belly with a one pound meal, he still fills his belly. The other guy filled his belly with a hundred pound meal. Yes. Doesn't it happen? We went into a restaurant, let me not say where and which restaurant. And subhanallah, we ordered something and I thought, wow, this place is quite expensive, mashallah. You know, 45 quid for something. Wallahi, they, bring, they brought a big plate with two, three things in the plate and nice design on it and all that. And you know, that's it. I saw all these people next to us going crazy, taking pictures. And they said, this is for the gram. Instagram. 
I said, my brother, this is supposed to be for my stomach, ya. <laughs> so sometimes you pay a lot, you hardly eat. Sometimes you can just pay a little bit, you probably eat healthier. May Allah help us to reach out to those who don't even have food and give them. And may Allah Almighty help us heal. This is the first of the talks, inshallah, on this particular theme of healing the ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us and bring us together and increase the love between us. May Allah Almighty help us even where we would like to discuss matters. May it be done in the most respectful manner. May it be done without losing the love in this beautiful ummah. And may Allah Almighty grant us the best of this world and the next. Before I started, the Imam told me, that we have up to Salatul Maghrib, which is at, what time is it? 22? 9.40? 9.41. Subhanallah. It's only 9.20 now. But we have 20 minutes by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't wish to continue much longer. All I want to say is my brothers and my sisters, Every single one of us here is related to each other. We are connected by DNA. Adam alayhi salam, Nuh alayhi salam, and even closer than that. We need to revive that feeling of brotherhood. We need to revive that concern and we will be able to heal the ummah. Something happens to someone somewhere across the globe, minimum it should hurt you to the degree that you make dua. Someone told me, you know, this happened. Why didn't you tweet about it? I said, well, I, I, I spoke to Allah about it. I cried about it. I did this about it, that about it. I don't have to tell the world what I'm doing. No, but you need to tweet about it. I said, well, you know what? Maybe you think that I might mention some things, but sometimes if I don't want to mention certain things, I may not. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because every one of us, do whatever Allah has made you capable of doing and what Allah has put in your heart to do. Because you're on a different level. You might have a leader of a nation who can actually change things. This burning of the Quran issue. Leaders of nations can change it in five minutes. If four or five nations get together and say, that's it, closed. We want no discussion with these people until they stop this. It will stop in five minutes. So what do I do? I make dua to Allah. I will connect with the Quran, teach the Quran, recite the Quran, talk about the Quran and do whatever else with the Quran, print it and distribute it and teach it. And my relation with it will improve tremendously. That's my way of dealing with the whole thing. I remember speaking to brother Anud Van Don. He was one of those who was involved in the videos against Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He became a Muslim. He became a Muslim. And that time when I met him, his son also became a Muslim. And he was describing to me what happened. And he was saying, you know, subhanallah, I did this. And I saw that these people are so hyped about this thing here. I decided, let me check what it's all about. Reading about Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I started crying, man. He became a Muslim. He went to the Rawdah in Medina Munawwara. Shaking, shivering. Normally, uh, you and I would go there. Salamu alaykum, ya Rasulullah. He started apologizing. 
He literally started apologizing how sorry he was, how remorseful he was. Because why? It impacted upon him. So remember, guidance is in the hands of Allah. We will teach it. We will live by it. When people see us as Muslimin, great character, straightforward people, plain, beautiful, you know, they will not deceive you. They are the best of the law. Automatically, they will be connected to what you are connected with. What is the driving force behind this person being so upright? Is it not the message? What is the message? The Quran, the Sunnah, the Deen of Islam. Well, then I want to know it. I want to be involved in it. May Allah Almighty bless every one of us. I, I would like to encourage you as I close, inshallah, later on, there will be a few tins outside there. Abdullah Aid is actually uh, serving the people in Jordan, the refugees who have nowhere to deal with their kidney problems. They are serving them to give them that free dialysis. Sometimes weekly, some, meaning they need it regularly, but the sponsorship can happen for a week, for a month, however long you may want to do it, and even just a one-off donation. And the reason I say this is, Wallahi, it, I'm, it's close to my heart. And when Brother Shaquille spoke to me earlier and said, you know, would you come and give a few talks if we were to have a tour? And I said, why not? It's all in a good cause. The reason is, we all will get a reward for it. Even if you cannot give, make a dua for them. They are struggling. By your dua, minimum is at least Allah will grant you safety from that type of illness, number one. Number two is if you are afflicted, Allah will create a scenario where He gives you the cure. People will stand up with you. And another thing, even if end of the day, we go back to Allah and Allah takes us away due to an illness or sickness, He will grant us a very high rank because we cared for the others. أقول قولي هذا وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك